Hello and welcome to OT Conversations. In this episode, I talk to Kim, who is an OT student who is having her placement with us. In our session, we looked at the four facets of clinical reasoning and we tried to apply these facets in situations that Kim encounters. If you are new to this podcast, please click subscribe and share so that we can pass on the benefits to other OT students, to new clinicians, or for those seasoned colleagues who want to refresh on relevant information involving occupational therapy. I hope that after listening to this episode, you'll be familiar with the four facets of clinical reasoning and that you can start thinking about these when you are looking after your patients. Enjoy! Um, this time, we'd like to talk about clinical reasoning. Okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How do you clinically reason? Do you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll just start with an example. I've got, like, two examples. Like, um, when we went to go and see a patient with Eloise, he was saying he's got diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And um, he's worried, like, if he goes home, he won't be able to get up on time mm-hmm. before the carer comes to help him. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, okay, that was where the clinical reasoning came from. Like, what can you do mm-hmm. in order for him not to kind of like mess himself up? Mm-hmm. Pads. I'm just, for example, like. So when you wear pads, what is that? To prevent accidents. Preventative if, intervention. Yeah, preventative. Yeah. Good. And it's just going to be for like short term. Mm-hmm. Pending when the carers can come mm-hmm. to get him up mm-hmm. and open with um, the necessary things. And the second one was okay, after the one, during the day, he's going to be on the chair. So he can easily go up, mm-hmm. get, get up to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. You need to look at the distance mm-hmm. from where his toilet is and mm-hmm. where he's going to be in his mm-hmm. lounge. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can do in order for him to be able to get to toilet on time, microenvironment, having his um, commode mm-hmm. closer to him mm-hmm. so that he'll be able to get on the commode on time. Yeah. So I'll be like, that's my example, like clinical reasoning. Uh-huh. And the second one is, I'm going to use my daughter again. Okay. When I have an OT, we're thinking, I didn't even know any condition called PICA. Because we're thinking, why is she putting a lot of things uh-huh. in her mouth? Uh-huh. What can be the cause? Uh-huh. It was an OT that said, refer her to the doctor to mm. do blood tests mm-hmm. to see if there's anything wrong, like iron level. Why is she craving for like unnecessary things? Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, that's an example of clinical reasoning mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when you see things, you try to like, what can be wrong? Mm-hmm. What solution? What can I do in this kind of situation? Yeah. That's where our clinical reasoning comes from. Uh-huh. And whatever we do as an OT, we, we, we make use of our clinical reasoning, our skills, yes. to kind of find solution mm-hmm. to that problem. Even if you can't find like the final solution, but there will still be something in mm-hmm. place that we can actually do. So I think I'm just like, if I'm right, like your, you, whatever you do, your clinical reasonings, the decision you make, you need to think of it like, am I making the right decision? Uh-huh. Is it the right thing? And we can't know it. So if you're not sure, like, okay, this is going to work, that's where you can ask your colleagues to like, mm. okay, this, 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 like to think. I'm just like, so 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, that's very true. You are reasoning. Um, you're you're uh, clinically reasoning things up. Um, because at the end of the day, it all it's all about how do you resolve the problems, problems isn't it? So yeah. there is a problem. How do you want to resolve it? So clinical reasoning at the end of the day is a is how and what would make you a good student and what would make you a good educator and a good teacher because you're by 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 reasoning it means that you're able to verbalize your process your process yeah of how you ended up making that, that decision. decision okay and there are facets of clinical reasoning Mm-hmm. Has uh, have you have you come across this? Has this been discussed in the university? No. No. Okay. Probably not. Uh, probably yes. Probably not. They'd always do that, but we want to use it in practice. Yeah. So while you're here doing your placement, I think that's why they say evidence based. That's what they would say. You want it to be evidence based. Yeah. That's yeah. So therefore, you make decisions based on these four facets of clinical reasoning. So the first part of the clinical reasoning is the scientific reasoning. Okay. Yeah. So what are the scientific merits of the situation? Yeah. So this would be the medical condition, anything that has to do with science. What's their medical condition? Okay. What's their medication? What's the nature of the condition? Their past history. What's their past history? That's the medical situation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The one that you quoted earlier on, uh, Parkinson's disease. disease. What is the nature of Parkinson's disease? What are the symptoms of Parkinson's disease? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you have bradykinesia, you have uh, uh, intention tremor, tremor, you have postural instability. Yeah. And Parkinson's disease is also uh, uh, very much uh, reactive and very much time dependent time reliant in terms of medication medication you know how yeah. far is the person down the, the condition parkinson's disease is a deteriorating condition, condition isn't it yeah um so that's that's that so so that's the scientific merits of the case yeah mm-hmm. uh in a case here where you are with me in critical care would be Different well things. after the operation you know, these are the processes that they needed to be in. You know, they're not breathing in properly. You need ventilators and then the ventilators, these are the limitations. Person is on ionotropes, meaning they have medications that is, uh, you know, like supporting the, 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 the blood pressure blood and pressure. the rate and the rhythm of the heart. Or the scientific would be those bivads, isn't it? The, the nature of those conditions, they have an influence. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the things that you would do, scientific merits. The second part is the. So I yeah. just want to link it. So you know, before you go to a patient mm-hmm. to go and do anything, you mm-hmm. check their OBS. Like, if, Ob, the OBS yeah. would have a factor because if the blood pressure is high I, or low, then you cannot do your intervention, intervention, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If I say, why didn't you do your intervention? Well, because. You know, this, this. I'm reasoning. My reasoning is is mm-hmm. that it's limited by by that immediate uh, immediate vital signs, vital signs isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So so that's influencing your your intervention, intervention, isn't it? Say you're planning to do restorative intervention, mm-hmm. washing and dressing, and yet there is the blood pressure does it's, not allow it, and, then yeah. then you cannot you do can't. it. So that's it. That's why you can't do it. So so uh, scientific measures. The next part of scientific reason, uh, the, the next part of the facet of clinical reasoning is the narrative 
reasoning. Meaning, what is the life story of that person? Of the person, isn't it? It will have an influence on what you do, mm-hmm. on your decision, yeah. And you'll have to weigh your decision making based on what they value, based on what they like, That's based on the challenges. Initial assessments to find out. Yes, you do the initial assessment because you want to find out who's this person. Mm-hmm. You know what is important to, to them. them. Yeah, as an occupational therapist. You wanted to know the person. You don't. You're not just looking at the medical, medical condition. Part. Yeah, it has a ma- major impact on what we do as therapists. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is the second part uh, of uh, the facets of clinical reasoning, which mm-hmm. is narrative. The third um, facet of clinical reasoning is called the pragmatic. Clinical reasoning. I think I have a pragmatic background. Pragmatic meaning the practical nature of things. Okay. You're the limitation of what you can do. Like for example, um, yes. <laughs> for example, like people yeah. that we just saw now, uh-huh. they were love attachments. Uh-huh. You can't do anything with them. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. So like this is limiting them. Yeah. Like to do anything. Like, practically, like, yeah, I'll be like, for example, ADL, you can't oh, because oh. that one's like, you can't do because they've got things limiting them uh, from there. Am I right? Uh, I, the pragmatic aspect, I think, when, when they're connected to those a lot of things, I'd say it's more because of the scientific reasons, okay, All right. isn't it? Because there's still medical going on, so they're still connected to a lot of things. So it's the scientific Let me limits. try again. Okay. Environment. Yeah. Maybe someone that's got like, you know, some like odors that house is full uh-huh. with things. Yeah. So practically like you can't really do anything because yes. there's like an obstacle. Yes. Stopping you from doing it. Yes. So before you can do anything like with them, that needs to, to be clear. Exactly. Is that... Yes, that's that's uh, that's one example. Yeah, okay. yeah. So a pragmatic is a, are the practical limitations, and practical limitations can be because of of the rules and regulations. Okay. Like for example, like if you're in a heart hospital, like now for example, you're in a heart hospital, and everything else about the heart is sorted out, but the person is it's still not is not re- or ready to go from a heart perspective, but then they're not yet functionally ready to go. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're in a heart hospital where the hospital needs to do its job of do- looking after the heart, mm-hmm. you cannot keep the person in the hospital any longer than you want that you wanted to. So, so you need to make a recommendation for this person to go to either district general hospital or a rehab facility. Oh, yeah. Or repat- repatriation yeah. because of the practical nature that you're not and you cannot do it because the rules dictate that that your scope of practice, practice. is dictated by this. Or IPR. I- IPR, inpatient. Inpatient rehab, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's right, yeah. So that's the practical nature of things. Um, the, like, for example, if you're working in, in a hospital, mm-hmm. And 
you need, the person needs a wheelchair, you cannot make a referral to wheelchair services to wait for the wheelchair to come in uh, because it'll take a long time. A long time. So what you do is you give a patient information so that they contact like a leaflet where they can get a red cross. Yeah, red cross, yeah. So that they can have immediate access to it. So, so yeah. you see, your decision making was then influenced by the practical limitations. limitations. Yeah. So that is that's the pragmatic reasoning. Yeah. Okay. And then the last part of reasoning is called ethical reasoning. Yeah. You would do things or would not do things because it's the ethical for policy and procedures. Uh, like, for example, if you are with somebody who is uh, who refuses therapy, yeah, so they need to do washing and dressing, and they don't want to do it with you. Okay. Yeah, they're refusing to do it with you. I mean, there are two things that dictates this. One narrative they don't want. They to. don't want to. Yeah. Are you going to insist? No, they've got that. Is that choice? Isn't it? You and can't force it on. Would them. you insist? No, you can only try, but you can't insist. Why? No. Because they've got choice. And it's unethical to do it's, so. Yeah, it's unethical. It's against the job. Exactly. So, yeah, because. If you, They've got, that's where your the mental health, they've got capacity to make decisions themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It is unethical because if you do that, if you impose an, a treatment on somebody who doesn't want to, it's it's an assault. It's an assault, yeah. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So there we go. So that's the ethical merits of the case. Um, are you going to do washing and dressing practice on on somebody who's dying? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are two things. Uh, in there. One, scientifically, the narrative is influencing that. And it, is it ethical to do that? No. No, isn't it? So those are the uh, very straightforward, really, four things that you would consider clinical yeah, to make your clinical reasoning. So when you're resolving problems, I think you got it right. You, with your example, the first time, that was, that was good. Uh, I can't remember what you quoted. Uh, oh yes, an example of a Parkinson's disease yeah. who has uh, whom where your decision was to get them to have a pad and then the person to come down and then have a micro environment. And I think the reason why you did those decision is because of one, you acknowledge the scientific nature of the condition. Condition. Yeah. Two, you want the person to be. Uh, as independent as possible, which is the narrative side of things. Uh, are you going to rehabilitate them? No, there's no potential because, again, uh, scientific, you can't address that. Uh, uh, you can't change that. Um, so your intervention then became uh, modify intervention or even preventative intervention. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to keep the person in the hospital for as long as you needed? No? no. You want to facilitate them going out? Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the pragmatic nature that you're in a specialist heart and lung facility, for example. Uh, and did you see the person as soon as possible? 
yes, mm -hmm. because it, you have ethical commitment to do so. To do so. Isn't it? Yeah. There you go. So I think what you, you've got the reasoning, you just, I'm just putting a label on where you are basing to your apply. reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, anytime and anywhere, wherever you go, you know, you'll have that with you. Uh, there you go, really. There you go. That, those are the facets Facet. of clinical reasoning. reasoning. And the more you practice, you know, the, the more, more you verbalize you this, the more you will be, uh, you'll, you'll just, uh, you know, sail through your placement and you can pass this on to your students. My students, To yeah. your students <laughs> and when you become a therapist yourself. <laughs> and if your supervisor in the future asks you about it, you have a sound foundation where you're basing your reasoning. Reasoning. Uh, because I've, I've worked with some people before. Their reasoning is, they have reasoning, but they don't know where they're basing it on. So I could never win against them. You know, you can never win an argument, argument. because it's all, you don't know where they're coming from, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas with this, where you know where, where you're coming from, then every decision will fall on the same uh, decision, uh, you know, the same line of action, and it'll make clinicians' decision reliable. Meaning, what you decide on, what I decide on, will be the same if we factor all those all four those. aspects. Okay. Yeah. All right. If you enjoyed this podcast, talk to your friends and colleagues about it. Like it, subscribe, share, and do what you can to appease whatever algorithm that is at play. I am but your humble clinician, albeit with years of experience, I have very little understanding of this digital world. So if you have any questions or if you have topics that you want me to talk about, drop me an email. It's riot.conversations at gmail.com. Just remember guys, anything you do matters and has an outcome. Until next time, bye!